Auhea o kou e na hoa makamaka mai oa o o ko Hawaii pai aina. Mahalo ke yahuiho ana o kako, makaleo o kauluau. Ika aina ika hopo o kane ipuna. Aloha everyone, mahalo for joining us as we continue our huakai, our journey through Puna, the land in the embrace of Kane. Belina mai, welcome to Kaleo o Kauluau. Aloha lei. Aloha Eju. We're here for another visit into the moku of Puna. Puna is such a diverse geographic area on the eastern side of Hawaii Island, nearly as big as the islands of Kauai and Oahu. We've gone from rainforests to rocky shores and heard the tales of new lands and lush greenery. We're here today with a special new guest. Would you please do the honors, Drew? Hikino. Our special guest for this episode is Pi'ilani Ka'avaloa. Pi'ilani has been raised by her kupuna in Puna and has a profound pilina, a relationship with this aina. She and her ohana have reverence for the place in which they've lived, in Kupahua, near Kalapana, and have learned how to live in balance with volcanic activity that's such an integral part of that area's history and culture. Pi'ilani is a cultural practitioner with expertise in hula, chant, and language, and has been a source of knowledge for lava'a, traditional fishing practices, mahi'ai, or farming, la'aulapa'au, or traditional healing practices with plants, ulanahlauhala, or lauhala weaving, and much, much more. Pi'ilani has been an educator for over two decades, involved and instrumental in the flourishing of students from pre-kindergarten to high school. At Kamehameha Schools, where she's been an educator for a very long time, she's taught Hawaiian language, hula, oli, Hawaiian ensemble, and traditional Hawaiian literature, among other subjects. Pi'ilani also serves as reverend for Kamauloa o Kamalamalama Ho'omana Na'awau, the oldest independent Hawaiian Christian denomination, and one in which services are still conducted in Hawaiian language. Pi'ilani has been involved with the Ahamoku Advisory Council for Moku Okeawe, is a cultural liaison for Puna, as well as the president of the Kalapana Community Association. She's been involved in the naming of new volcanic features of her ancestral homeland. Pi'ilani is well-known in her community and recognized as a repository of ike, or knowledge. Mahalo, Drew, for that introduction. Let's go over to Pi'ilani now. Welcome, Pi'ilani. We're so glad you could join us today. We're very much looking forward to hearing the mo'olelo vahipana that you wish to share with us and our listening audience. The part of Puna that is your family home, Kupahua, near Kalapana, is so steeped in history. I've heard that that section of the Puna coastline referred to as, as a cultural kipuka, one in which Hawaiian traditional practices continue to thrive, where the ohana of that area maintain a tight relationship with the aina and that volcanic landscape. Mahalo for being with us, Pi'ilani, as a representative of such a powerful place, as well as an educator for the Puna community. Mahalo. Mahalo for having me. I'm so excited. We're excited too. <laughs> yes. Welcome, Pi'ilani. I have been here on Hawaii Island with my ohana for almost two decades. And within that time, I have seen the landscape of Puna change dramatically. Um, I recall when my ohana and I would drive down to Kalapana area and we could see the pellet going into the ocean mm-hmm. right where the road ends and I was in awe of the sight of the billowing steam rising from the ocean and I'm still amazed by each volcanic event we experience. Analaila Pi'ilani, what mo'olelo will you be sharing with us today? Well, after much thought, I just wanted to um, just share a little bit about my aina 
And I think the mo'olelo that I'd like to share today is about the aina known as makani halulu. And makani halulu is a place, a land section, uh, a pana aina that is between Kalapana, it's a part of Kupahua and Kaunaloa. And so growing up in Kupahua, and a lot of times people refer that whole lower Puna area as Kalapana, you know, so when, you, when they tell, oh, we're going Kalapana, and, you know, Askama Aina, we're like, okay, are you going really to Kalapana, or are you going to <laughs> Kaimu, or are you going Makena, or... You know, are you going Kupahu, uh, uh, Kapa'ahu? Yeah, so I just wanted to just take this time to share a little bit about Makani Halulu. And um, growing up, they built um, Kalapana Gardens in this particular area of Kupahu and um, Makani Halulu. And so much of Kalapana Gardens is within this um, Makani Halulu land area. There at Makani Halulu, um, there used to be a heiau. And my grandfather and William Ka'avaloa, the subdivision was built um, by uh, Ruth and Jack Duff, and they were the ones that developed the Kalapana Gardens, and our family became really close to them. And so they asked our family to be the caretakers of Kalapana Gardens subdivision. So as a little girl, we used to go and lawnmower, weed eat, um, more so not more because back then never have weed eater was just poison and lawn more. So we used to, you know, that used to be our weekends and summer jobs was to help my dad go and take care of that place. But um, as we would go and take care of the area, we used to come across Makani Halulu Heiau. And that heiau used to be located on Pililani Street and Lokelani Avenue. And so it was on that corner of Pililani and Lokelani. And so um, also during the summer, we used to go pick Lilikoi to make a little bit extra money for um, back-to-school shopping. And so when we would go gather um, Lilikoi, um, we used to gather near and around the hail. And so we were taught at a you know young age gathering lilikoi within this particular area to be respectful of this hail. And we were taught that this hail was also named Makani Halulu for, you know, this legendary uh, Manu Aikanaka, this legendary bird that would consume or eat uh, human beings. And so a lot of the stories that the, they would tell us was that back then, most particularly with this Manu, the families of Lower Puna are Ohana, I have to say, we only knew the bird as Makani Halulu. 
Um, it wasn't until later on I found out that it was also referred to as Halulu, which is kind of interesting is that this is also one of the winds that blows through this particular area. And so our kupuna wind would sit around and they would tell us about this mo'olelo of Halulu. They would tell us that from a great distance, you could know when the bird was approaching because um, from the flapping of its wings, it would produce or generate this strong wind that your house would shake with halulu and everything, you know, from the rafters of the roof to your whole house would shake. And so we knew when that happened that that was the makani halulu. When they would share the mo'olelo, they would share that that was the approach of this manu to the heiau. And people who were dedicated to the worship of this bird would often take ho'okupu to this particular heiau, and then they would all hide because it preferred, you know, um, humans. But they would offer up animals um, to try and satisfy this, this manu. And so people would take offerings to this heiau. Later on, um, as time went by and these um, mythical creatures passed from, you know, um, from our midst, many people still would go and place offerings onto the heiau to prevent the makani in taking or destroying their home, yeah. So it was still a practice up until, you know, um, I would often see, you know, certain kupuna in our community going to the heiau and placing different kinds of ho'okupu. And to me, what I was fascinated about was the oli, the chants that, the prayers that they would offer up, not so much the the ho'okupu. Um, yeah, so in hearing the mo'olelo, um, there are so many different versions of the mo'olelo that was shared with me by various kupunas as well as um, modern-day or simulated mo'olelos that take on the different uh, characters of different mo'olelos and the combining. It was so interesting to listen to and and read these different characters from different mo'olelos um, being combined into one mo'olelo. But the one that um, I remember Tutu Olu sharing with us, um, and this is Tutu Olu Konanui, um, he used to share with us the mo'olelo of Aukele Nui Aiku, and this mo'olelo, you know, I guess is documented in a lot of our new pepa. And um, I know um, the students of Navahi Okalani Opu'u have also read this particular mo'olelo because my daughter attends that school, Hinano Ka'avalo, and she... Um, 
um, had to read that more. And I got so excited because, you know, um, I got to share with her personal connections. Um, oh, I couldn't cry. <laughs> it's only because I got to physically experience these places with Kupuna, who were born of that time that these Mo'olelos were passed down. And for her, I can only show her the remnants of where this place was and just share with her the Mo'olelo. And so that she can have that same connection. So, um, in the Mo'olelo Aokelenui Aiku, and you know, his Mo'olelo is really, really long. He goes through, you know, so many things with his older brothers and, you know, sibling rivalry and then he takes on a wife and his wife is none other than Namaka Okaha'i who is Pele's sister and you know he's gifted with all of these you know um, items to help him on his journey and in this particular part of his mo'olelo where he battles or he takes on Halulu um, this man-eating bird, you know, he calls upon his akua who helps him along his way, along his journey. And in this particular mo'olelo, you come across many different, you know, akua or aumakua. Um, he's warned by uh, lono ikoali'i um, that he, um, that this, um, that halulu, in this particular story of Aukele, um, it, the bird is called Halulu. And so um, he is warned by Lono Ikoali'i that Halulu is coming. And before you know it, you know, before Aukele could even process that this bird was coming, that, you know, when he looked up, the bird was described to be so huge that it blocked out the light of the sun. And so he quickly grabbed his um, his pahu that had his magic or his gifts, and he was quickly carried off and onto a pulley and into a cave. And there he is placed with, you know, four other men. And um, so while he's in there, the men tell him, oh, you know, you're the youngest victim. Yeah, kind of, sort of, that, you know, we're here only to be fed, you know, we're, we're the mohai, we're the food for this manu aikanaka, for halulu. And so um, Aukele, he's so wise, you know, in all of his battles with whomever he is fighting with, whether it's his brothers, whether it's Pele, whether it's this, you know, bird. But he is so akamai, he's so intelligent in problem solving. And that's what I get fascinated about our mo'olelo is the ability 
to think on your feet, the ability to process and kilo your environment. And so that's what he did. He went kilo, kilo, his surroundings, that particular cave. And so um, he, you know, looked and he asked important questions. You know, what is the depth of this cave? Are there any crevices in which we can hide? How does the bird come in and feed? You know, so these are important questions that you need to know in, in order for you to survive in any circumstances. And so he did. He asked the, the men, okay, so, you know, who's going to be eaten first, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was thinking, I wouldn't admit who could be eaten first. I was like, no, it's not me. You, you, you're going to be eaten first. But no, in the Mo'olelo, they're like, me. <laughs> me, me and him, we're going to get eaten first. And then them two are going to be eaten. And you going to be eaten last. You know, so I thought that was kind of funny, you know. But in reading other Mo'olelo, you know, our people were so like, no, me, I go, you know, they would jump to be, you know, sacrificed. And, you know, I, I read other Mo'olelo and, you know, the mana and the the opportunity to give of yourself, um, self-sacrifice, you know, today we call that. And so anyway, the men tell Aukele and Nui Aiku, you know, yeah, so me and him, we're going to get eaten first. And when this happens, his right wing going to come down and going to feel for where we're at. And then going to scoop us up. Then he going to eat us. And then his left wing going to come and scoop up the next two people. And then he going to eat them. So Aukele said, okay, so in this, in this cave, in this puka, you know, is there a place where, you know, that there's a mavai, a crevice of some sort in which you folks can kind of delay in getting scooped up. And so, <laughs> and so they say, oh, yeah, 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 you know, we, we can hide over here. And so Aukele plans, you know, he tells them, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. We're all going to survive. Trust me. Just trust me. I'm going to tell you. And so, you know, he does. And so, you know, um, so here comes Halulu. And, you know, sure enough, his right wing sticks in and feels fulfills for the for the two men. So Aukele begins to climb up, climb up. And so he could get close enough for him to reach the upper part of the wing. And so because the men are lower and hiding deeper inside of the, you know, the cave or the puka that the bird has to go deep its wing a little bit more deeper. And so this gives Aukele Nui Aiku an opportunity to, you know, sever the upper part of the wing instead of the lower part of the wing. And so finally the, the bird reaches the two men and the men give Aukele the the um the warning oh they've you know he's got us and he's carrying us out and so at that moment 
um aukele nui aiku calls upon lono um lono iko ali'i and the axe to put mana into his ko'i so that he could you know um sever the wing the eheu the wing of this um of halulu and so you know um and then the men drop and they fall and so they cling onto the wing so that you know um um halulu cannot you know because these are mystical magical creatures you know they don't know if his wing can grow back so they hang on to the wing and so sure enough he you know reaches down with the left wing to try and get the other two people and so as he does that he's reaching down reaching down deeper and deeper trying to feel and so he finally feels the the men and he lifts up the men and these men these two men decide you know they give okay nui aiku the you know okay they, he's got us he's got us so again okay nui aiku calls upon Lono Ikoali and says, you know, um, to give mana to his koi and his axe. And so he starts to cut off and sever the left wing of Halulu. And so next, you know, now Halulu doesn't have wings to, to try and get to them. And so he decides to stick his beak in his po'o, his head into um, the the cave, into the puka, to try and scoop them out. And that's when Aukele gives Halulu the final blow and severs the the beak and the, the forehead of Halulu. And so Halulu dies um, by the hands of Aukele. And so now, but they're trapped in this cave, yeah, and so the men come up and they are tasked with uh, making a fire to burn the wings and to burn Halulu. And part of the story says that they take on part of Halulu's mana by consuming part of the flesh. And so now they have to decide how are they going to get out of this cave, this this puka. And so... Um, they realize that they're above the home, I guess, of um, Halulu. And within the other cave, they see Halulu's wife um, or mate. And, um, and the name of Halulu, Halulu's mate is Kivaha. So Aukele goes down and goes down and gets Kivaha. And Kivaha has the ability to create Anui Nui, rainbows. He captures Kivaha and asks Kivaha to create a rainbow to go down or so that they can escape. And so Kivaha creates a, um, a rainbow called Apo'omuku. And this rainbow isn't like a full rainbow. It's a rainbow that has only three kinds of colors. And I think the colors were red, green, and yellow. But the, the top of the head of the rainbow isn't 
um, attached to the huelo of the rainbow, the end of the rainbow. It's like a, a cutoff, a severed rainbow. And so this rainbow is very short. It's not a long rainbow. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes I think today I see this rainbow. It's like a half rainbow. It's not, it doesn't touch the, the earth, but it connects like one, the clouds to part of, you know, like you can't, you know, see. So I always try to look for these um, elements today. Like, are they still present today? Can we still find them? And the answer to that is yes, we do, you know. And so that's what makes these mo'olelos so interesting and exciting. And so, you know, after he returned, after you know, um, he kills the bird, um, Halulu, after he kills Halulu, he tells the four men that were with him, okay, you know, you're free. Where, where are you folks going? And so at that point, they're like, oh, we don't know where we're going because that was our whole thing. <laughs> where's, where's the whole kupu? Where's the sacrifice for this manu? You know, and so he said, well, you guys can come with me, you know. And so, you know, um, they tell him that they've been in the cave for a while and that they're hungry. And so they ask him, what do they want to eat? And so he says, oh, they tell one say, oh, I want to eat sugar cane. The other one says, oh, I like eat kalo. The other one says, oh, I like eat sweet potato and, you know, and so on and so on. And so Aukele says, oh, that's all good foods, but those are reserved for my sons. And so you folks cannot eat them. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, wait, what? You know, you just asked him. But I think the lesson in that was, were they going to be obedient? Were they going to listen? Would they have the strength to resist the temptation? As the story goes on, they can't because they end up being tempted to eat all of those foods. And they do, they eat it and they die. Like how Aukelenui Aiku tells them, if you eat it, you're going to die. Yeah. So lessons within the Mo'olelo, you know, is, is to listen to Ho'olohe because if you want to survive, you, you know, there are reasons in which you cannot consume or you cannot do certain things. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's part that's one version of this mo'olelo of this particular manu that we know it as makani halulu and others may know it as halulu. Um, I found it, like I said earlier, fascinating um, to hear another version. And I think the title of that particular mo'olelo was... Um, the magic banana skin, yeah, or something to that effect. I can't remember who was the author of that particular mo'olelo, but it says that in that particular mo'olelo, they talk about Kalapana as the one who kills off Makani Halulu or Halulu. And so um, in that mo'olelo, it shares of how... Um, 
Kalapana was given a sacred maia. And in this mo'olelo, I find it so fascinating because get plenty kauna, kauna, the hidden meaning within the mo'olelo. So when he's given this maia by his anakala, he is told that you can eat this maia as much as you like, but don't discard the skin. All you have to do is put the skin back in your malo and the maia going grow big again, going to be full. And it will be able to feed as many people. Well, lots of kauna there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't go into detail. We might have young listeners. But anyway, so Kalapana does, you know, he takes care of this maia. And we know we have to take good care of our maia. But it is also interesting to know that when my tutu them used to plant maia, they used to plant naked. They wouldn't plant or have clothing on when they would plant the maia. And so I thought, you know, you know, when reading or hearing this mo'olelo, that, you know, um, a lot of ike um, was brought forth. And so anyway, as the story goes, um, he is warned of halulu, makani halulu, the bird, this um, manu aikanaka. And so, you know, he's he decides that he wants to go to Kapoho. And so, um, so he, as he's traveling, as he's, Traveling, he feels the gust of wind and he knows that Makani Halulu or, you know, Halulu is nearby. And like the Mo'olelo of Aukele Nui Aiku, the, you know, Halulu is upon him already. And so in this particular Mo'olelo, he is taken to this, this um, Lua, Lua Pele, this crater. And, you know, we know this crater to be, um, there are several names to this crater. And the one that we know that I am familiar with is Pu'upilau. And Pu'upilau is um, also known as, um, oh my gosh, I cannot think right now. Um, Honu'ula. Honu'ula. Honua Ula, that's where the geothermal, is that the place of the geothermal? Mm -hmm. Anyway, there, it's at that place. There's a, you know, um, before, as when we were, when I was a little girl, um, we used to take our rubbish over there. It used to be on rubbish dump before it became the geothermal plant. Yeah, it used to be the Pahoa, <laughs> Pahoa rubbish or landfill. But there used to be big, craters like you know deep deep pukas and um again my grandfather used to be a bulldozer operator so he used to go and bulldoze all the rubbish push all the rubbish into this cave and i used to go with him sit on top of the bulldozer and watch him how he you know bulldoze so but anyway pu'upilau is the place where halulu or makani halulu takes kalapana and puts him in, and again, there are other men, other people 
in this in this um, lua pele, this crater. And so um, when Kalapana gets dropped into there, the, the people are very V, skinny. And so um, Kalapana turns to them and says, how long have you been here? The people say, oh, we've been here for weeks and months. And so the bird brings us, drops us food to fatten us up, but we don't we refuse to eat the food. So, you know, when the bird comes to check on us, we're still skinny. Yeah. So, you know, I'm when I read this or when I'm shared this story, I'm thinking, hey, they so swat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like get eaten. They think of how you're not going to get eaten. So anyway, so Kalapana takes out his maia from his malo. And he hanais all of them. He feeds them. He says, eat, eat my maia until you are content. (laughs) 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 And so then they eat the maia and they come so they're all full and nourished and everything. And so now in the meantime, while each person, because each person going to have one kuleana, they're going to have a responsibility. They're not just going to be fed maia for free. (laughs) They got to help my, they got to help Kalapana to get out of there. Right. And of course themselves too. And so Kalapana says, you know, sees that it, within the cave, within the crater, there are vines that are hanging. Yeah. They have laohihi that are hanging in this, in this crater. And so he, you know, he's very akamai in making kaula. And so ropes, and so he tells the people, the the men that are in there, to you know pull the vines and get as long of a length of vine as you can. Try not to, you know, um, break the vine where it's short. And so they gather up all the vines, all the vines they gather. And in the meantime, you know, Kalapana is teaching them how to hilo, how to braid these vines into rope, into kaula. And so then he, you know, he then asks, how does this bird come and, you know, feast upon you folks? And so he he says the same, you know, the people say the same thing. You know, he sticks the ehew in and then he proceeds to bring us up and then he consumes us. So Kalapana says, okay, so we're going to... um." get out of this cave. So I'm going to lash these ropes that we made onto the overhanging branches or trees that are surrounding the crater. And then we're going to, some of us are going to pull ourselves out and then we got to kill this bird. So it doesn't, you know, we got to kill Makani Halulu or Halulu because then, you know, so that it won't threaten anybody else again. But a few of you have to stay in because you have to be the guinea pigs. You guys, you know, you have to be the bait, the bait <laughs> for Halulu. So, of course, you know, they volunteer themselves to stay. <laughs> and the others say, okay, we're going to help you. And so he does, he gets them out. And then he, you know, Kalapana then tells them to gather coconut sticks, twigs, and the fibers from the coconut. And so they make ki'i, they make um, figures out of these coconuts and 
um, bark from the, you know, um, the heu from the coconut um, tree. And so they put all these um, ki'i images around the crater. And so when Halulu comes, he's, he looks into, he peers into the crater because he's, you know, thinking, how can they get out? You know, he sees two two of them inside the crater and he sees the other ki'i, the images or the, you know, the figures that Kalapana and the other men had made around the, the crater. And he decides that he doesn't want them to escape. So he goes to attack them. Well, lo and behold, Kalapana and the other men, while making these ki'i, had made spears. And they began to attack Halulu as Halulu attacks the figures. And then they kill, they kill Halulu. And like Aukelenui Aiku, they burn the Manu. They throw um, Halulu into a imu. And then they they burn, you know, Halulu. And so um, then Puna is freed of this legendary bird. Thus again, yeah. And so Kalapana, in leaving, in parting, allows these, you know, men or people who helped him escape Halulu gorge upon his great ma'i'a <laughs> <laughs> and be fed for their journey. And so, um, yeah, so two versions of this uh, mo'olelo of Makani Halulu, also known as Halulu, the legendary bird of Puna. You know, to me, I think he's, a, you know, a phoenix, yeah, because in um, other mythologies, yeah, when a bird is thrown into the fire, they they or they burn up themselves and they change into a phoenix, you know, and so for Halulu to live and survive over and over again, I have to think that perhaps he might be related to a phoenix. Yeah, I don't know. Pipi holo ka'au. Mahalo nui. Hi. Mahalo pi'ilani. Those are amazing mo'olelo. I, I felt like we were with Aukele and Kalapana and those people in the caves. <laughs> it, was, it was so vivid. Mahalo for sharing that. I was totally entranced. Um, and it just, I'm just reminded of so many different things that you shared. And one of them is that embedded within these, these mo'olelo that you shared are these really important lessons. Um, and these are lessons that we can totally apply to our lives today. Mm, and, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also the, like in the, in the mo'olelo about Aukele being in the cave and, and those folks were trying to kind of like negotiate, like navigate between like, yes, I want to be like the mohai, the, the sacrifice, <laughs> but but also maybe maybe do I want to survive too. So there's this like interesting tension aye, between aye. those two things. Yeah, I mean, there's so much for us to process um, mm-hmm. that you've shared and and it's I'm totally awest- awestruck. <laughs> Mahalo Nui for sharing those. Aye, of course, my honor. <laughs> yes, and yeah, mahalo to you because it's one thing to read mo'olelo, but to have you come and share and then also to tie into your ohana 
I really felt the emotion when you spoke of sharing with your keiki. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important to have these things to pass down to our ohana. And I just mahalo you for sharing. Oh, mahalo nui. I, I was kind of nervous. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, if it doesn't get passed on or shared, then it's it's going to be gone. Yeah. So I'm, you know, really happy that um, we have um, these mo'olelo, you know, in our new pepa that we could, you know, go back and, you know, helu helu. But, you know, also having people within the area share their own personal experiences that brings it to life. Yeah. A lot of times we hear these ka'ao mo'oleno uh, and we think, ah, nah, it's a fair, you know, it's not for real or, you know, well, however we interpret it. But, you know, for those that live within the area, it's it's real, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, and that's because we were shown the place, we were, you know, taken to these different places and taught to be respectful because of the mo'olelo, the ka'au, whatever it may be. Yeah. So my honor to share. Thank you. <laughs> Mahalo nui. Mahalo nui. Ay, aloha. Aloha. Ho ka hoi hoi. So interesting. How fortunate we are to hear yet another perspective on the moku of puna. I really enjoyed Pi'ilani's account of Makani Halulu, or Halulu, the Manu Ai Kanaka. Yeah, same here. Pi'ilani also reminded us of the incredible significance of Mo'olelo and how they convey a sense of place, as well as the importance of ingenuity, being eleo, and observant, too. Such important lessons. Mm-hmm. Mahalo for joining us on this episode of Kaleo o Kauluau, and to our special guest, Pi'ilani Ka'avaloa. There are still mo'olelo to hear in this moku puna, so don't forget to check out our new episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. Also, visit our website for more information and updates. And remember to check out Inoa Matters and other cool stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Until then, ahui ho! Aloha! Aloha!